Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar with Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. And Sleaze, I think it's safe to say the floodgates might be open. Will Zalatoris has been knocking on the door, what seems like forever, even though it's only been about a year and a half into his professional career. But he finally got that first win, and it was a big one. FedEx Cup playoffs, Memphis, the St. Jude Classic, and a playoff over Sepp Straka. Uh, it was a hell of a battle, man. It was fun to watch. Hell of a battle, especially for a tournament that two days in, people were talking about, look at this leaderboard. This thing isn't what you want in, the, you know, in your premier event you hype it all year fedex cup playoffs are here and then boom here's your leaderboard it turned out to be one of the most entertaining finishes on the pga tour all year and i not only do i love the fact that willie z finally got that win finally gets the monkey off his back and stop answering the questions but the way he did it he did it with a putter like it was on the back of his putter the putt to get into the playoff in regulation the second playoff hole the par save which both of those par saves were just nuts and then the third playoff hole obviously where a lot of shit was going on in that deal, but he elects to go back to the drop zone, stuffs it, and then makes another putt. Like, there's three putts right there. If he doesn't win that golf tournament, like, no one was going to point to, oh, he didn't drive the ball as well. Or what about, it was going to be blamed on his putter for missing one of those putts, and he made all three. And I'm just hopeful that we can finally put to bed the narrative that, like, Willie Z doesn't putt good enough to win golf tournaments or clutch putts or things like that. So he made one after another after another in that thing. It was awesome. I loved it. I'm so happy for him. And I hope the floodgates open. He, he's he's a stud, man. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously made a lot of improvements. Let's be honest. He was a shitty putter before. I mean, I don't think we need to try to say that he was a good putter and everybody was just saying he was a bad one. Like, he was not a good putter. And he, him and Josh Gregory have worked, you know, tirelessly, hours and hours and hours trying to figure this thing out. They found something out a few months ago that it seemed to really work, and he's starting to really roll. The stroke looks totally different. There's none of that. As I believe the guys from No Lane Up say, he looks like he's signing his signature in his backstroke. Um, there's none of that. It, it's so much better. He's hitting so, so many more quality putts. But like you said, I mean, the one he made on for par and regulation was just enormous to have a chance. And then he did it again, two more holes in a row. It was it was awesome to watch. Pump form. I could not believe Sepp Straka hit it in the water. Oh. After that, I'm going to have to have a little word with my boy John Davenport, who's on the bag for Sepp. But Man, I mean, I, I know pressure's a bitch, and it's it sucks, and you don't know you know how you're going to handle it until you're there. But after Will hits that ball, and I know you can see it hanging on the rocks, but you know it can't be good. You're like, okay, let's just go ahead and shift this line a little bit more to the left here, maybe. Yeah, and I think they went back and took an extra club after Zalator. It's like, hey, it came up short. Let's take a little bit more, and then it still came up short. So I got to think the strike wasn't exactly what they were hoping for, and I'm pretty damn sure they weren't going flag hunting on that thing. So maybe just a bad swing at the wrong time. But, um, man, that thing – by the way, we're talking about Willie Z's putting. Sepp Straka made some nice uh, clutch putts, some comebackers there on the first playoff hole, the second hole after Willie rolled in that par save too. Those two pars on the second playoff hole, I would have bet a lot of money at the time if I was live betting that two pars is not going to have this hole right here. And damned if they didn't both do it. It was just, it, it, in terms of like there not being a bunch of birdies or matching birdies or things like that, that was about as fun of a playoff. It had just all kinds of shit going on at the end, all the way up to where we're when Will decided, yeah, I'm not going to try to hit this thing, there were a lot of thoughts going through my head as he was speculating there, but he went back to the drop zone, got up and down. That's not a, the easiest up and down in the world after you just rinsed one. No, not at all. But you got to tip your cap to Sepp Straka, too. I mean, this guy came in missing six straight cuts, finished dead last the week before. I mean, with something like 37 over par in his last six tournaments, comes out and looked so comfortable, hit all nine greens on the back nine, uh, just looked like a veteran out there. I know he won at the Honda, but Man, he's he's a hell of a player. I talk to Davenport all the time. They're like, he's got it. And all the kids, all the guys he played with at Georgia, like, listen, this kid is the real deal. Like, he's really got a lot of game. I think, I think the six cut 
the six missed cuts in a row thing was way more surprising than him winning or being in contention on the PGA Tour. Just shows how quickly guys can find it. Like one thing, boom, oh yeah, I got a new feel, and then bam, all of a sudden it turns on. He damn near picked up his second win of the year. And um, yeah, he's positioned nicely going in this thing and having a hell of a year, his best year on the PGA Tour. I want to talk a little bit of, with you about this uh, this Cam Smith ruling. It's getting a lot of attention. The two-stroke penalty gone in. Uh, you know, it was implemented um, retroactively. That he thought he was two shots back going into Sunday. Shows up Sunday morning. Hey, why don't you come in the trailer here? I want to show you something. He gets a two-shot penalty for taking a drop that wasn't full relief from the penalty area. And all of a sudden, bam, he's four shots back. What do you think about this being able to implement penalties or, or, or enforce penalties a day after, leading up to the final round, after a guy has, has finished his round? Yeah, I, I don't like it. I mean, we saw it happen with Tiger yeah. Woods at the Masters several years ago. Um, this one apparently was the rules official went back and watched the coverage later in the day. I watched the replay and saw it. You know, one thing I will say, like us at CBS, we have a rules official in our TV tower every Saturday, every Sunday for moments like this that possibly could happen. Because right there, normally it's Mark Dusbavik, and he can be like to our producer, hey, Sellers, uh, you need to tell your walking reporter to tell Cam Smith not to hit this ball because he's about to break a rule and it's about to be a penalty. Um, but I, I think once the card's signed, you go to bed, <laughs> the thing's done. Because exactly. if it's Sunday, if it's Sunday and he wins the golf tournament, it's over. It's like, done. Back Monday, that thing's not over. <clears throat> They're not taking the title away from him. So I, I'm with you on that. I hate it. It just And it sucks, too, because of everything he's going through right now, possibly leaving the PGA Tour for live. And like, oh, hey, here's this little two-shot penalty we're going to give you the next day. Like, let's just pile on Cam Smith. It just wasn't a very good look. And what if it happens on a Friday and that happens and Cam's on the cut line? Are they going to come back and be like, oh, that affected the cut. 15 more guys. Are any going to call those guys back that already got on planes? I mean, it just – and by the way, if Cam Smith knew he made triple on that hole, uh, you know, which he essentially did after the penalty, he might play the rest of the round a little bit differently, being like, okay, I got to make up some ground. Maybe I press it a little bit and hit some drivers in places I would. Maybe you make some birdies. Like, it could – everything changes after that. The scenario has changed. I just hate – once you sign the card, it should be bam. It's done. I also made this point, Colt, like, have you ever signed a scorecard? I mean, you've seen it happen where guys sign for a higher score than they actually Oh, yeah. That's fine. They can go back. But I don't see anybody going back and saying, oh, you made a four. No, they say, what do they say? You already signed your card. It's done. It's final. Well, it's the same thing here, except they got no issue going back and and putting and enforcing a penalty that happened retroactively. So I wish that would go away. Once the cards were signed, let's be done. Move on. If you don't catch it while you're out there, then you don't catch it. But that was uh, kind of a black eye, especially with what you said, with all the live speculation is like oh there's a conspiracy like no it, he he took a bad drop but he didn't gain any advantage and if you don't catch it it's done after the day's over yeah but congratulations to will salatoris on his first pj tour victory first of many i would have to assume mm -hmm. it was fun to watch but we're on to the bmw championship this week the playoffs are going to keep rolling will salatoris is now number one in the fedex cup scotty scheffler for the first time in i believe 23 weeks is not in that number one spot so this thing is going to be a lot of fun Someone's going to win $18 million here in a week or in a little over a week uh, at Eastlake. It's going to be a lot of fun. But you know what else is a lot of fun, Sleeves? Doers and the yep. lemon wedge. If you're in the trap, you're going to want a sand wedge. If you're shooting uphill from the cabbage, you're going to want a pitching wedge. If you're looking for the perfect cocktail for the 19th hole or for watching golf on TV, you're going to want a Doers lemon wedge. It's a light, refreshing, totally seasonable cocktail made with Doers 12-year-old lemonade and club soda then garnished with a lemon wedge. If you really want to make it authentic, stick a golf tee through the lemon before dropping it in the glass. A clean tee, please. Find the recipe at doers.com. Make a batch for your buddies or just one for yourself. 
Either way, you'll be sipping on the cocktail made for golf, the Dewar's Lemon Wedge from Dewar's, the most awarded blended scotch whiskey in history. Enjoy responsibly. If my memory if that serves me right, I believe you had a few of those at the U.S. Open, Slice. Not afraid to have a little women, women wedge. Uh, great, great summertime drink. Also classy, dude. You show up with a lemon wedge, like, oh, this guy gets it. This dude's a classy dude. He's got some books. Right. Well, it's time for the cheers. Doers cheers moment of the week. And I think we got to give a big shout out to our buddy and golf subpar guest, Graham Dillette. We just went up this past weekend, played in his charity event, had an absolute blast. I'm not going to mention <laughs> that we were up for auction and I might've went for $7,000 more than you. No big deal. But Thanks either way, we raised a lot. Oh, did you grease an extra 500 out of Cheryl? Trust me. There, there, I got a, I got a blank check from Cheryl. <laughs> so it's still TBD what we raised on that. Shout out Cheryl. I love you, baby. Oh, but man, they've been doing a great job. Whitetail golf club. It was beautiful. Weather was perfect. Um, Ray, Kelly, I want to call him Randy. Kelly Taylor, the comedian from Canada. My God, is he unbelievable stand-up comedian everything they did was just first class it was so much fun oh by the way our team won no big deal you should have won you had joey snyder you had a former tour player you got you you got multiple guys that i don't know that it was exactly um and we had a gentleman by the name of joe scott who uh is in the albertson's family so he he does all right as well yeah not terrible i got a funny little funny little moment from this week so, Colt, we're playing along this whole thing. It's a scramble. Sometimes I get up there first. I shoot the distance, say it out loud. Sometimes somebody else gets up there first. They shoot it, coming out loud. My girl, Cheryl, by the way, shout out, Cheryl. I love you. Well, there's a lot of instances, especially on par threes, where she was just, like, she's hitting good shots. She was like a four handicap, really good. Hitting good shots, right at the flag, and they'd come up, like, four yards short of the green, like, just short. And they'd come off good. They weren't, like, chunks or miss hits or anything like that. She just couldn't figure it out. She's like, man, I'm hitting it so short. I'm hitting it so short. We get to our 17th hole of the day. I get up there around the same time as Cheryl. It's a par five. She shoots it and it's a short par five. And it's like, she says like, I got 136. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, ah, it looks further than 136. So I get out my laser and I shoot. I'm like, I got 151 or whatever the number was, right? Something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, really? She shoots it again. But there's nothing like short that she could possibly be shooting. She shoots it again. She's like, no, I got 136. So I'm like, what the hell? I grab mine, 151. Uh, she's had her rangefinder on meters this entire summer. And she's like, ah, no wonder. No wonder I feel like I've been hitting it so short. I've been short on everything. My clubs aren't going far. I was like, yep. She's like, I've been doing this for about three months. And we, uh, we God got damn it, Cheryl. Yeah. Thank God you're pretty. Yeah, oh, exactly. Man. She can swing the sticks, though. One more All shot. Right. I love you, Cheryl. God, I mean, <laughs> calm down. You're a married man. Don't All worry. right, well, it we is time understanding. To, it's time to get to a very special guest this week. I mean, this guy is an absolute legend. Mount Rushmore of college basketball coaches. One of the best in the business. And, by the way, he came on our show, Golf Subpart, and then right afterwards sold a, signed a nice new fat contract. Tom Izzo joins us up in Detroit at the Rocket Mortgage. What a guy he is. This was a fun one, dude. Like, we have a lot of golfers on. We get a lot of good stuff. Izzo, I would say, casual golfer, but some good stories digging in back to the day. His national championship teams, uh, the Flintstones, which I was big into as a kid growing up. It's just he, he's a good dude. And, well, by the way, he's – he deserves that contract plus. He built this program. He is that program. There's going to be a statue of him in front of that place when it's all said and done, if there isn't already. All right. Well, here he is, Coach Tom Izzo on Golf Subpar. All right. The word legend gets thrown around a lot these days, but we might actually have a real one with us here today. He's in the Naismith College Basketball Hall of Fame, currently the head coach for the Michigan State Spartans. 
and this week playing a little golf as well. Coach Tom Izzo, how are you, my man? I'm great, man. It's uh, first time I've played much golf. I'm starting out this year, but uh, I played three or four times. Been on the road recruiting, trying to uh, to find another superstar. You know, that's always the better players make you guys a better coach. If you guys didn't know that, I've noticed that. Yeah. yeah. You know what makes a great caddy? A great player. There you go. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. And great clubs too are usually because of a great hitter. You know, so they all work the game. Exactly. You know, I mean, you've been doing this obviously an extremely long time, incredible career. Do you still, you know, look forward to going out and recruiting these young kids? You know, I do. I, I, I've said often, right now with these new rule changes, I'm not, I'm not crazy about it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's there's a lot of things that you have to adjust to. Uh, I just worry some of these are going to really affect the players. Forget the programs. But I said right now, I still love my job. I love working with the kids. I love doing all that. I'm questioning my profession a little bit on where we're headed, where we're going. Not only in basketball, college athletics in general. I mean, it feels like the Wild West right now. Since we're getting into that, let's talk a little NIL. It just feels like it's mayhem right now. Like there's no cap, there's no nothing. You're just dumping tons of money into kids and expecting them not to mess up. But for Michigan State, a blue blood program like you've established there, does, it, does the NIL make it easier or harder for you to go get the guys you want? You know, it's really no easier or harder. I mean, everybody says, well, it's going to be easier. But if it's money, somebody's always going to give more money. It's not going to be any different. Wild Wild West is probably the most adequate way to state what's going on. And, and as you said, you know, people are talking about, well, it's getting like Pro Bowl. No, it's not. Pro Bowl has contracts. Pro Bowl has salary caps. I'm to the point now where I'm almost hoping it goes that way because I think the way it is now is going to be unsustainable. And it's going to be... Um, it's going to be tough on, on a lot of people, but really tough on the kids. And nobody, I think, looks at that part of it. Uh, I've been stressing that for two years since this thing started uh, coming out. Uh, I just think kids at 18, 17, hell, we got kids 15 years old in high school now that can have agents, that can get paid. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I see a dark side to that personally. If, if it was up to you, would you just want things to stay the way they were? Or would you, was there something that you would have liked to have seen change throughout your time? I, I would have liked to have seen us stipend all the players the same okay. and uh, some small stipend. I mean, like like you all did, like I did. I started out as a GA. I was 28, 29 years old, making 4500 a year, you know. you got to learn how to sacrifice to be great. Now, you can talk about the 1% that goes to the NFL, the NBA, major, maybe golf, maybe whatever profession you're in, it's 1%. 1.1% of our guys make it to the league. So there's a lot of other people that, you know, I think we're spoiling. And then with this transfer rule where you can transfer wherever you want, whenever you yeah. want, and now they've made it so that it can be four or five times. What school are you going to have to hang your hat on? Who's going to be your school at the end? Uh, uh, how many kids are going to make bad decisions? And I think what's going to happen is coaches are going to start saying, okay, first couple of years you've had us, now we're going to start getting transfers in and replacing you. It's just not a good – it's it's not good. And uh, I'm going to take a lot of grief for that, not only when I speak publicly but even here. But I, I'm just being as honest as I can be. If I thought it was going to make – a 20-year-old better to quit what he's doing because he failed a little bit. What's he going to do when he's 30, 40, 50, 60, 70? Because realistically, guys, our job is to make 
them be able to handle the real world from age 22 to 90. And uh, I don't think we're doing that. Yeah, it's an interesting situation we're in right now. But, you know, one of the things I've always admired about you is your non-conference scheduling. I mean, you play the best of the best. And I, I just love that. What is your philosophy behind doing that? Because there's a lot of other schools where they, they might take, you know, the, the easy route and play against some lesser yeah. opponents to move up in the rankings. Well, you're asking me during a tough time because it's a beautiful day out here. <laughs> the golf course looks phenomenal. And you went and ruined my day. Because <laughs> I've scheduled tough, as you said, for 25 years. A guy named John Cheney. Mm -hmm. when I was in my second year, we were supposed to play a game. Uh, uh, you know, we, everybody in the Big Ten then had a couple games on TV. Well, instead of us getting two, we weren't that good. We only got one, and it was a conference rule. So I said, I'm taking the scheduling over myself. And I'm going to. So I went out and said, who will play me and get us on TV? So I get this call from John Cheney. He was at Temple. And he said, Coach, I heard you're looking for a game. I didn't know John. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, not against you, but yeah, I am looking for a game. <laughs> yeah, you got anybody else? So I'll play you. And I said, well, <laughs> I'm trying to keep my job, too, at the time. And he says, I'll come to your place first. I said, OK. So he came to our place. He was able to get it on TV. We lose by one. We go to their place the next year. We're 16 up. We lose by one there in a last-second mm. shot. And he came into our bus, and he talked to our, my guys, and he grabbed me and pulled me aside, and he said, just keep doing what you're doing. It's going to build your program. You know, you're going to take some lumps. You're going to become a household name. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. You'll start beating these people. You'll be better at the end of the year. So really, the success I've had scheduling, I give it to the late John Cheney. Now, since he's the late John Cheney, I can say this. I'm blaming him for this year's <laughs> schedule. Because what happened is we, we really had a good one. We opened with Kentucky. We had Notre Dame in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Then we thought we had Butler, and all of a sudden we have Villanova in the Big East Challenge. And then they called me um, two months ago and talked to me about the, the uh, aircraft carrier. And by the way, Gonzaga, and they're one, two, or three. So we added two late. That took a brutal schedule because we still could have North Carolina, Alabama um, in this tournament out in Port Portland, uh, UConn. Uh, you know, there's some really good schools in that. And we're going to play three really good teams. So that'll be seven monster games. Yeah. So I'm going to probably be looking for a job with you two guys. <laughs> you want to join up? Can I come on in. You How's your podcasting? Doesn't matter. You're I, hired. I, I don't think my podcast is good, but I'll come in with you. You can guys. recruit. Doesn't matter. Yeah, we're not any good either. <laughs> true. Great point. It. Um, you know, in those big time games, like who's one of the coaches you most look forward going up against? Well, it's always been good. I, I, Mike Shashesky liked going up against me because they beat us like, you know, twelve out of. Congrats, 15, though. He's 16, gone now. He's yeah, out thank of the God. Way. Yeah, he's out of the way. Mike's gone. But, but you know, I, I liked every everybody I played. I mean, we played a lot of big games against Tubby Smith when he was at Kentucky. In fact, here in Detroit, we played in the uh, basketball when it was in the football field. That was a big game. We played against North Carolina and Roy in the first game out in the aircraft carrier. We played in Germany against, uh, I think it was UConn. I mean, we've played in some big games in some unique places. And uh, some of those coaches, Jim Calhoun, I mean, they were a trip. A really good friend of mine was Jay Wright. And, mm -hmm. and Jay got smarter than the rest of us. He said, you want to pull all these rules? I'm, 
I'm hitting the road. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm going to miss Jay. I think he was a great coach, great guy, and, and good for our program. And he didn't take like the, the victory lap or anything. Like, it was just out of left. It was like, hey, no. one day I'm retired. Boom, he's gone. He didn't. You, you know like, who no did attention that? Behind it was probably him. before your guy's time, but El McGuire, when he was at Marquette, he won the national championship. Walk, that's the way See I'd like later. to walk do off. It. I'd like to win a championship and walk off. You know, that would be kind of cool. That'd be know? a hell of a way come, to do come it. Come and sit with you guys, have a podcast. Yeah, call, have a podcast. Call it a day. You know? Have a few drinks, bullshit yeah. around. Yeah. That's a lot what less stressful. Did. Yeah, well, I'm recruiting stressful, Actually, we got to yeah. recruit guests. That's about it. You can yeah, probably, but you're good you at that. Us we can dial you up. I, I, you don't got to pay I'll them get either. Some, I'll get some guests for you. Yeah, that's you one thing you, I can do for you, you guys. You don't got to pay them. Speaking of some of your old players and talking with some of your buds, they said you do a great job, as good as anyone they know, of keeping relationship with your players after they graduate, whether they go to the NBA or they go on to professional lives or things like that. Who are some of the guys that you coach that you keep up with the most? Well, Draymond, I see the most now because he's doing the best. You know, I was at three of his seven, six games in the uh, – NBA Finals. I went out to California twice, and then we have a kid named Matt Ishby around here is a big name. Uh, you know that he's uh, done a good job for us and helping us get places. Uh, but he was a walk-on at one time. But Steve Smith's in town right now. I think he's going to try to get down here. Um, great kid. He was the first kid I recruited. Um, but I, you know, Jaron Jackson, I, Xavier Tillman. I went and followed all. Um, you know, it's there's so many of them. We have a reunion every year, guys, where we bring them back. It got so big that we had a reunion during the season, and our NBA guys were mad because they couldn't come back then. <laughs> so now we have a reunion during football games, and Magic comes back and everything. And then we have another reunion during basketball season for the pro guys that can't make it. Now they at least got to come to the football game. That says a lot about the program. The yeah. guys are, like, pissed that they can't. Most guys will be like, yeah. damn, I got to go back yeah. to this thing. But they, like, want to do it. Since you brought Draymond up, I'm glad you did. Yes, like, I mean, we need some Draymond. I know, like, if he was anything like he is now <laughs> at Michigan State, I know you got some stories. What's what's he like in practice? Well, first Same of all, dude, instigator. Yeah, yeah, you know, first of all, when when I got him, he was 280 pounds. Okay, slim. So I used to call him the Roly Poly doll, you know. <laughs> and then he gradually lost weight, and he was a good player, but I didn't think he'd ever be what he is. And and then about his junior year, he started playing better and better. He got in better shape and. And what I started to learn early in his career is the guy might not be the best player, but he's the best winner. And that's what I told NBA teams as they called. They said, well, he's too small. I say, yep. Doesn't shoot well enough. Yep. Uh, doesn't, uh, you know, maybe uh, isn't big enough to, to play center. Yep, you're right. Isn't athletic enough. I kept saying, you're right. You're, well, why would we draft him? Because he does the one thing that you need done every year. Wins. And when a guy is a winner, and I've had a couple, Mateen Cleves was one, Draymond, where, you know, Magic was a winner. You know, he made winning plays. I've had other guys that are really good players, even better players, but they might not be the guys that help you win games. Draymond was the best. My favorite Draymond story was, um, I mean, I got a million of them, but one, we were in a game, and, you know, ha some of those half times or timeouts we're legendary. You know, you'd have to be in a podcast to put the mic in there because, you know, a lot of things were said in those timeouts. So I'm in one, and we're playing bad, and I go off on them a little bit. And guys are talking, and I, my, my way of stopping that was I was to crack a clipboard over my knee. So I go to crack the clipboard, and it didn't break. Bastards. That's what I say. Yeah. And I look up, and there's Draymond looking at me, everybody. I know those guys want to start laughing. 
And I just looked at him and I said, oh yeah? I go to crack it again, it didn't crack. And Draymond says, hey coach, maybe you better get in the weight room. <laughs> and it kind of broke the whole huddle. And after that we went out and went on a run, won the game and I said, yeah, you know, that's, that's Draymond. You know, he always would have something to say, but I'm telling you guys, there's not a more loyal, even to the Warriors, not a more loyal human being. I'm going out to his wedding in two weeks in San Diego, and he's just, uh, he's tough, he wins, and he's loyal. There's That's something to be, I mean, obviously, you said about that. I mean, there's, there's some guys that are just, like you said, they're just winners. They, yeah. they might not there's not be as the many flash as you thing, think. Exactly. Not as many as you think. But that's really, really cool to hear. How did Draymond feel about the war rebounding drill? <laughs> he loved it. You know, he was physical. Uh, one year, you know, just think of how good it was back in the day. When I had Cleves in them, we got beat one day in a rebounding drill. I mean, in a rebounding against Ohio State. And we led the nation. We weren't out-rebounded by many people. So I come back to practice, I called Nick Saban. Nick was there and I said, uh, I need 10 sets of football gear. So he end of practice, he had his guy bring him over. I put my guys in gear, you know, and Mateen was a football player. I mean, he was a yeah. two-way. And he was trying to teach these six, nine guys how to buckle a chin strap or put on <laughs> shoulder pads. It was one of the great days I've had. We went at it for 20 minutes and I was mad. They were having so much fun, it became fun. Yeah, this one's supposed if, to be fun, guys. If I did that now, yeah. oh, 16 lawyers would be lined up to sue me, you know? I'd lose my job, and and yet when we come back to the reunions, that's all they talk about. So I think we're ruining the world and how simple we're getting and how and uh, soft. Soft, soft we're getting. Yeah, and, you'd have lawsuits and yeah, parents calling yeah. you like, yeah. my kid plays basketball, not and, and meanwhile, when we have those guys back, that's all they talk about. Yeah, they probably love it. Oh. Did Draymond play for the team a little bit on the football one team? One year, didn't he? Well, one year. Did, you, think, did, spring, did you have to get your permission? Spring I ball? No, I did that when I was in college. So with Mary we Uchi, have a year. you know, old school, old school. But so is Draymond. But he did. He, it was his goal. He had another goal that I think is really interesting. Um, he came up to me at the start of his senior year. He said, "Coach, I'm going to one game of everybody's sport on campus." Hmm. I said, really? He says, yeah. So, you know, he went to a couple. Then I find out he went to a rowing match, you know. And, okay, going to a volleyball game, you know. I figured he'd do that. A lot of good-looking girls, <laughs> yeah, right. you know. I figured he'd do that. Smart kid. So then one day he comes up to me and says, Coach, can you get me two tickets for a hockey game? I said, you ain't going to a hockey game. I didn't know what he there's, no, yeah. the, the, there's no African-American hockey players at the time, hardly any. Because now I'm going. We went over there, there was a little fight, because even in college then you could tussle mm -hmm. a little bit, not like now where you got a belly bump, but he thought it was so great, man. He went back to a bunch of hockey games, so he saw all 25 sports. That's awesome. Wrestling, he went to That's one cool. of every. That is kind of a cool thing that he did. Go back to Mateen Cleaves, because you brought up Mateen Cleaves. I was 15 when that team won the title with the Flintstones, and I loved the Flintstones, I was, yeah. like I said, 15, still, but they still get talked about to that day. When you signed those kids out of Flint, did you yeah. did you think like, this is it, this is gonna be the class that like, kind of changed the, the face of the program? You know, I thought it would be a class that could change the face, but I didn't think it would be a class that would go to three Final Fours in a row, you know, and win a national championship. But, you know, I told him then, because everything was the Fab Five in Michigan then, and I said, come on, help me build it, you know? And uh, 
he knew I was a big football fan. He was almost going to play both sports. Nick recruited him too at Michigan State. Then he hurt his back in that accident. Was he a running back? What was he? Defensive back, quarterback. Yeah. He could do it all. And I think he would have been a good player. So, long story short, you know, we get better. And first year he was injured. Then we get better and better. We go to a Final Four. And then we go to the National Championship. And I remember on the floor when we won it, I mean, you know, he said we talked about it in recruiting. How often does it come true? You know, dreams came true. But he was a tough, he was so tough and so, he did such a good job of making everybody around him better. The great ones, the Magics, you know, Magic had a line that great players play great, but elite players make other players play great. And that's what he was for me. Mateen was the guy that made everybody else play great. It yeah. was the heart and soul. Yeah. I remember yeah. watching that team and it was like yeah. these dudes, but all three of them were sweet. Mo Pete. Awesome. Yeah. It was uh, Mo, Charlie Bell. Charlie Bell. Yeah. Even, even the year before, we had Antonio Smith, whose brothers were both professional football players. We had a tough team, you know. We had a kid named Alan Agana. We had a big team. And then in 2001, Zach Randolph came aboard. Yeah. And yes. He was really good. And uh, yeah, we had it rolling there Ziva. for a little bit. He had some squads. And that's the other thing Mateen was. He was a great recruiter. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, coaches get credit for recruiting, but when it's a player coach team and the players are doing it that's when it's really special with the game now being like it's like feels like dunks three-pointers like that's kind of thing you always had like a rough and tumble team defense rebound bang around is the, you had to like morph as a coach to kind of not only recruit guys but also coach that style because that's i mean that's pretty much what it is guys are pulling up from all over and they're 6 11. yeah and defense doesn't seem to be a priority no anymore. i don't i don't necessarily but, disagree with that but yeah but the, the teams who win like, let, let's look at the Warriors. Everybody talks about Steph shooting. They've been 1-2 in the league in defense yeah. every year. Part of that's your boy. Part of, A lot, a lot yeah. of it's my boy because he either plays it well, he helps others play it well, or he threatens them. <laughs> you know, it's one of the three. <laughs> well, they're scared. And Steve Kerr's done a good job with that team. But, but yeah, we've had to adjust a little bit. I, I, I think we've gone away from the bigs. I think you'll see some of that come back. Everything's fads. It's like fat ties, skinny ties, long hair, short hair. Mini skirts, short you know, shorts are now back short in. Short shorts are back tighten in. Those things up. All those things are uh, just hang on to your ties, guys. Give it a seven, eight years, and it'll come back. I love it. What is it like for you? I mean, even though I was doing this forever, you you got nervous before the game or anything? All the time. Yeah. You know, yeah, because there's so many factors now that play into guys winning and losing. You know, um, there's so many things on the social media that mm -hmm. kill these kids. That they come into games. You know, you never know what state of mind they're in yeah. that's the biggest problem we have right now and i think what our country has because mental health issues mm -hmm. is getting to be bigger and bigger and i think that has a lot to do with it social media is just ugh, it's disgusting yeah. these new era coaches a lot of them getting on instagram dancing doing all this stuff like you're old school. like it's just that it, that's know, never gonna happen i don't know if it's old school to me it's you're, right it's, right it's school better. You know, right or wrong school. i mean i don't want to you know it's it's what I get a kick out of, take a LeBron James. Whenever the playoffs started, he always got off to social media. Why did he do that? Because he realized it wasn't good. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and that's what we try to tell our players, you know. And, and I never worry about what my kids tweet because I can control that. It's what they read that kills them. Yeah, that's, yeah. it's just a dark place out there. Yeah. Um, so you can bring that accordion. Sorry, you can bring that accordion into the, into the living room. That's good. That was right, sign yeah. some kids, won't it? Maybe, Are you still strumming that thing or whatever yeah, every you call it? Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I bring it Christmas out. Christmas songs. Our team's got to sing at my radio show. That's, that's a five-star magnet. Awesome. Um, it, 
has there ever been like you see who's going to be the officials for the night and you know there is there one guy throughout your career like oh boy i'm going to be in for a long night one <laughs> okay. is there anyone that doesn't one? suck is, is there one is there one or two that don't <laughs> you don't feel that way you know officiating's a tough job what makes it worse is the way uh you know in the nba you you can only ref like 14 times a month in the nca you can ref 30 times a month and traveling and I, it's not really fair the system we have and so even though i i, I have a tendency to tell an official when I thought he made a bad call I do sympathize with them because what they're trying to do and then now you got the angles of 27 different angles of TV well something looks different one way it looks different the other looks different from the bench look different from the floor it's a an ever an enviable job but uh God, it is fun to get on those guys once they in a while. They deserve it, it so, yeah. so bad, especially so the college bad. rounds. Yeah. Like, how is it? Well, the NBA is getting that way too. It's turning I think into it's a bad. I, I think it's bad because these poor guys are working so many nights, like to try to go up and mm -hmm. down at 45, 50, 55, 60 years old. It's hard. Always so wondered, I do sympathize a little. Who bit. grows up saying, "I want to be a rep"? All you do is everyone hates you, no matter what. <laughs> Both sides are pretty much going to hate you at the end of the game, and it's hard work. And there's no like, glory. no matter what you, the best thing that could happen is no one knows your name or no one says anything. That is the best. You know, thing that's that can the best case because scenario. if one team loses, the other team's mad. If you know that yeah. that goes, if the game goes right down to the buzzer, some call's going to be affected. You know, I never thought of it that way, but you're right, you know. It's a glorious maybe they make, job. I know what they make, sort of, but maybe they make more money than I thought. It's like being the long snapper in the NFL. No one, you could have a perfect career. No one will ever know your name. You mess up one important snap, and you are dead forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah Worst. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to be a long snapper or official. Rule those but out. But let me tell you. Rule those out. You could be, though. Coaching basketball or football has its good moments, but it has its bad moments too. And what we got to rely on that you guys don't even have to is whatever a 17 to 22 year old does mm -hmm. determines whether any, where, where my 638,000 living alums are either happy or mad. And a lot of times it's, it's us, but a lot of times it's 17 year old broke up with his girlfriend night before the game. and. Now he's shooting. There's a lot of things so. going on behind the Ooh. screen that you don't. Know, Colt and Ooh. I talk about all the time. Like, I'll bet on college sports. I'm like, how am I so invested in what a group of 18 year olds is doing that it determines like my mood after the game? On guys I've never met and will probably or never talk money. to. You know what I mean? You're good money. Yeah, but <laughs> I put my faith in these kids, and God knows what's going on behind the scenes. But I do it because I'm an idiot. Uh, you know? Well, we're here in Detroit. We're at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. You're getting ready to go out and play a few holes. Tell us a little bit about your golf game. My golf game sucks. Um, <laughs> put it real bluntly. Honest. But I, I played good in some of these events. You know, I played decent in Rock and Mortgage a couple of years ago. I, um, back when they had the Buick Open, I got a chance to play with Tiger, and I, oh, wow. I, I didn't play good with him. That was that was bad. But I played Nobody good does. with a Jay Haas. I played with him. Shot my best round ever. So I've kind of risen up to the occasion. You like the big moment. I like the big moment. But I'll tell you what wasn't a big moment. When I played with Tiger and and they were lining up at 7 o'clock. Oh. And I said, are you people stupid? Do you know that I'm going to shank it one way and kill you or shank it the other, you know? But I, I hit it so soft, if I would have shanked it, it wouldn't have hurt him. That's, that's the good news. Yeah, they take one from Tiger. Give, give us a little look into that because I, I assume that's the first time you met Tiger. How was that round? Did you guys talk? Does he talk hoop? What, what's he want to do? Loves hoop. Mm -hmm. Tiger loves hoop. And he... Uh, 
that was the year we beat Stanford in the Palace by 20. We beat, beat the daylights out of Stanford. And I get to the first tee, and I'd met him one time briefly, but he's a big basketball guy. And he says, Coach, and we're on the tee, and people are lined up. He says, you beat my cards this year. I didn't know what he meant at first, and I figured it out. I said, well, yeah, yeah, you know, he said it real nice. He said, I plan on taking it out on you on the course. So when I went up to that first of all, I was like this, you know. I was scared to death. But he read some putts. He, he was absolutely awesome. Absolutely so cool. loved him. That's cool. Like you play four times a year, whatever you said you do, and one of them yeah. happens to be with the greatest yeah. ever. Yeah, the greatest ever. And then I got a chance to play with Jack Nicholas last year. He opened a course over by, uh, over by us uh, in Grand Haven. And uh, Is that American, American Dunes. Dunes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, really interesting course for the Foles of Honor. Mm -hmm. And uh, boy, Jack was phenomenal, and he donated a lot to that. Yeah. You know, the owner. And, uh, they're going to have a big college event there this year that our guy Casey Lubon's involved with. So, yeah, golf brings a lot of cool things. You know, I love, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun seeing some of the guys out here, not only the pros, but, you know, there's been uh, Kid Rock played with us one yeah. year. That was fun. And, uh, uh, who else? Uh, you get the marquee guy. I mean, you're the king around here. You're gonna no, get the marquee. I don't get the marquee dude. guy, but I get, sounds like you. Tiger doesn't go yeah. with the. Oh, third that one was. Yeah, that was after, a couple of years after we won the national championship. So I probably got the benefit of the doubt there. <laughs> no offense to Lehigh. Yes, no, sorry, no, no offense to Lehigh. Lehigh. <laughs> but uh, you know, we'll have uh, some of these Detroit Lion. These football guys will be out there. There, a lot of good golfers there. A lot of good guys. Of all your, you know, your college coaching buddies, who would you say is probably the got the golf bug the most, and who's the best? Wow, you know, I, I can tell you a couple of guys: Roy Williams, Jim Beheim is. I mean, he lives, eats, and sleeps on the golf course. You know, Jay Wright plays a lot, but not as much as those two guys. Some of those guys, they golf every day. I mean, I don't know how they do it. They must get up early in the morning, golf, then go to work. But there's some guys that really like the game of golf, and I actually love the game of golf. It just my day job gets in the way of it. You got a business That's schedule. A tough one. Yeah, but I love golf. It's, you know, I like to play it enough so that you can feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. You never feel great out there. But there, is there anything better than going on a golf course either early in the morning or even late at night and just play? And uh, the course smells so good. It's, it's relaxing it's comfortable even if you hit a bad shot it's relaxing and just it brings people from all parts of the world together and then four different, hours awesome. later you hate yourself yeah. i suck i'm never playing again and then you wake <laughs> up and do it again no you know what always happens to me and i get mad about it i hit one or two good shots in the last two yep. and as they say that brings you back 100 now meanwhile i shot about a 95 but i had two bars you know and so i feel better about myself but you're right the other thing i like about it is you can play with your wife if you know if you want but you can play with all age groups, you know. You, mm -hmm. There can be 15-year-olds that you can play with and your 90-year-old dad you can play with, you know. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. It's the only thing you can do forever, more or less. Only sport. Only sport, Unless you're you a know? big bowler. Bowler, maybe, you can bowl. maybe, but back will, of course, back can get you in golf too. But, yeah, I'd say you're right. I'd, I'd say to be in something that's competitive, enjoyable, golf is probably the key sport. You know, you can't play tennis forever. Uh, that requires yeah, running. If you're Tom Brady, you can play football forever. But Apparently. Oh, you, never age. If you don't eat strawberries and have aging reverse medicine, then you can play for forever. That guy's amazing. And you're married man. to Giselle. That probably helps. I think that does help. I think there's no way it's a bad thing. 
No, yeah. I, I Tom don't make many bad decisions. No, and and that was a good decision. If you could be Tom <laughs> Brady out, and right. your wife's the breadwinner, you're doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, I think we got to get to the nines, at least. Yeah, let's. Got to get this man out on the golf course. So, coach, we do this with everyone. We do nine just fun questions, but we ask this one to everyone. You can be anybody else for a day, dead or alive. Who would you be? Muhammad Ali. Oh, I like got a chance to meet him. He came to a game. I, Muhammad Ali was a guy that I thought, God, I mean, I, you know, Magic Johnson. I mean, I could take some guys, but Muhammad Ali. I mean, world, one of the greatest world trash world. talkers of all time. Yeah, yeah maybe the that. best. Also could whoop ass. That would be a nice thing to yes, feel for a day. And was was thought of all over the world, not just all over the country. That's yeah. Awesome. So there's kind that. Yep. Yeah. Transcends more than his sport. Um, all right. Give me the one player who you had to throw out of practice the most in your career. <laughs> I'm trying to think now. Uh, Figured it'd be Draymond. No, no, I was afraid to throw Draymond out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it 280, was. 280, I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it would have been Morris Peterson back in the day. Oh, you know? One of the stones. He, yeah, one of the stones. He, he had a tendency to be a little lazy early, sometimes class issues early. So I threw him out quite a bit. It happens. That class thing. It's pesky. But then he turned out to be phenomenal. He was so, decent. So it was great. Yeah. I like it. All, All right. right. Mo Is it true you still shoot free throws before every practice? Yeah. And That's why? True. Well, I shot 100 of them because when I was a junior in high school, I had a one-and-one one free throw, down one, two seconds left. Mariucci was standing behind me. We were about to go. It was a quarterfinal game. We would have gone to the semifinals of the state. And I missed it. And uh, I learned then, though, that I, I must have got 2,000 letters from people, you know, very good letters. But I, I said then I carried that in my pocket, that newspaper article. And I had a kid, Antonio Smith from Flint, yeah. who was a terrible free throw shooter. And I showed it to him and I said I started shooting 100 free throws a day when I got the head job and uh, this is your second year and so yeah I still shoot them that's I awesome. have a manager that usually keeps track I used to have managers that were really good because they would keep track on a computer for the year you know I was shooting four or five thousand free throws yeah. when you do that now these guys are they're like everybody else they don't want to work so they're <laughs> they're sloughing. so I think I'm gonna go back to that just in honor of you two guys yeah oh, okay. bring that back sounds like you've gotten over it. no okay barely <laughs> hanging on uh all right your son Steven's middle name is Mateen after Mateen Cleaves which you named him after y'all won that NCAA title what was the backup does the A does he get named Mateen if y'all don't win and B what was the backup plan hell no he doesn't yeah get you got to earn you know, that middle name Steven Mateen it was on, after Mariucci I still was going to name him after Mariucci because he's my guy. But uh, I would have had to pick a new name, man. Mateen would have been out of luck. It might have been. Uh, you don't get that for Final Four. No, 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 no. He got to win it all. It might have been Steven Magic. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I'm glad it was Mateen. He's been great. Uh, I love him to death. And he's he's done a phenomenal job for all of us. But uh, I tell you what, if my son ever ended up as tough as Mateen, I'm in business. Yeah, that dude. That's cool. You could have another one and name him. Jim Draymond. <laughs> if you ever want to pay homage to one of the other greats. Well, I would be afraid to name my kid Draymond, man. I don't know if I put him through that in life. That's funny. All right, take yourself out of the equation. Give me your Mount Rushmore of college coaches. Damn, you guys are asking, like, tough, tough questions. That's what we're we do. Deep. We're yeah. deep people, Coach. You know, you really gotta, you, I got to put Mike Krzyzewski on there. I, I, I would put Jay Wright on there. He, he's a guy that I really have 
great respect for and what he's done and and uh, you know I, some of the guys I look at aren't all the guys that had the best players you know and uh, there's a guy named Rick Barnes at Tennessee that yeah. I think does a phenomenal job year in year out and and I think even though I you know John Calipari's a good friend and I think he does a good job I mean I think he coaches his guys and he'd be one and I'm I'm I'm, I'm moving up Mark Few now. He's yeah. moving up onto that. Mark's another good friend that I think has done a lot of good things. The schedule that they get to play sometimes isn't their fault, but what he's done in the tournament, what he's done, and how he's developed that team, um, he's gotten to be a. Right. That thing's a monster now out west. They, that, yeah, that thing's it a is. factory. It is. It's a factory. And yet there's a lot of great coaches, you know. I mean, I think of Roy Williams, I think of Bayheim. Gary Williams was a really good, I thought, a really good coach. I mean, what is a really good coach? Does he just win all the time? Not really. What does he do? And uh, some of those guys are guys that I think care about college basketball or fighting with me on all these rule changes. Um, that's the kind of guys I like. Yeah, I think a lot of those dudes would, would put you on there as, um, when the day comes. All right, I'm going to stay on the coaching thing, or coaches thing here for a minute. But I'm going back a few years. 2013. You're voted fifth angriest coach mm. in college basketball by USA Today. In your opinion, are, were you underrated or overrated? <laughs> uh, God, I'm trying to think. I remember that, too, and I remember who was. I want to know who the top four were. Yeah. I, 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 Bobby that, at that time. Was he still? Was um, anyone been coaching I don't know. No, he, he was wasn't. No, he, he was gone. He, he wasn't there, and, and Gene Cady was gone. And Tom Crane. Tom Crane he, was he still there. Um who else? I'm trying to think of who are guys. Man, fourth. <laughs> All I, of them. I, God, I. If I did it now, I'd be way down because I mellowed. Yeah, but I was going to ask. If you, I did yeah. it then, God, I'd probably be underrated. I think, well, I think I, you. I think you got uh, gypped a which few is spots okay. in that thing. I think they. You know, it helps in you. recruiting if they think you're a nice guy. I was going to ask. That's how you, you keep the chip on yeah. your shoulder, though. Being under, you know what I mean? It is. That's that I was going to ask if you did anything the next year to move up that list. <laughs> you got to get flimsy or clipboards, eh? <laughs> yeah, you got to break those clipboards, You don't get the man. one spot unless you can crack that thing. You know, that's a good question, though. Uh, who was up above? I'm, I'm trying, trying to think of some look into that. guys. It would have to be – they're going to put all, like, big-name, big-program guys up there. But I wouldn't put Coach K as, like, a crazy screamer. No, you know why He's not – he is crazy. If you ever coach against them – I have not. And you listen yet. to him. I've listened to him, yeah. He says a lot of things yeah, there to course. those officials. But the difference with Mike is when you're 32-3 and three every year, there's yeah. not a lot to get mad about. Yeah. We're and winning Coach every K, you can get the benefit of every call, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And if your resume. Especially if you're playing Cameron. You know, That's why everyone despises legal, they Duke. Arrest people for calling a foul on you there. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? That's federal down there. All right, next one. Toughest place to play in college basketball. <sighs> you know some of the Big Ten schools are the toughest, but Kansas is is that seems like a common answer. Yeah, right there. Uh, to me, Purdue Alex is good. right there. Oh, I really, really uh, yeah. I, I Duke is is nice that the crazies, but I wouldn't put that in mm -hmm. there. Um, uh, you know, the kennel in Gonzaga, mm -hmm. we won there with Draymond. Draymond had thirty some. He hit five threes. Oh, my. I don't think he's hit that in the NBA. No, yeah, total. Yeah. Those NBA I, I, I told Steve Kerr, man, when I coached him, he could shoot. You know, I don't know what the hell you did to <laughs> you him. You ruined him, Steve. But, uh, but uh, you know, that's a tough place. Wisconsin's been a tough. Big Ten schools because all those arenas are filled every night. But Kansas, 
Kentucky's so big that I, I don't think it's as mm -hmm. um, crazy. I'm trying to think. We've played everywhere. Uh, Syracuse the so big. The smaller ones are good. Fayetteville used to be a tough place Fayetteville, back in Nolan. 40 minutes of yeah. hell. That I never played there, but beast. I scouted there. That was that was one of the awesome ones. Uh, but like Florida when Billy was there. Our place was thumping. That was thumping, yeah. There's yeah, some good I ones gave here. Right a couple. There. Yeah. All right. If you think these questions, this is a tough one. I'm very interested to hear this, but I need the all-time Tom Izzo Michigan State starting five. Oh God. You're right. That's impossible. Yeah. If you want to throw in like a A B combo. Seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. You know, for me, I'd I'd always put Mateen. Mateen's got to be the point. Just because he was so good at gathering other people, you know. I think he made Jason Richardson better. Zach Randolph, those guys were really good, you know. Um, you know, Jaron Jackson, Miles Bridges, as of lately, have been really good players. But, uh, you know, I, Cassius Winston is one of those guys that he too could make everybody around him better. So I almost like more of those guys than I do just the flat out talent now that i've had some of them randolph was maybe the most yeah. talented richardson was maybe the best athlete and everything um but cleves was the straw that stirred the yeah. drink yeah. and so i'd have to give him the number one yeah he's got to run he's got to run he got to have the ball in his hands coming yeah. up that's yeah. a tough question with all your it guys. is uh, tough i don't That's want to put brutal. you in a bad spot and yeah. piss off any you, former players you, well, you did put on there, you might, you might uninvite you from that wedding Oh, Draymond's on there, but he would uh, he wouldn't uninvite me. But I'd worse, worry more about the other things he'd do or say. <laughs> Who knows what he'd say on his podcast? Yeah, he's got it. But, but Draymond, you know, where, where him and Cleves are like is they were the best winners. They were the best winners. So, all right, last one from me. I reached out to Jay Billis to learn a little bit about you, and I asked him to describe your golf game. And he said it looks like he's clubbing a baby seal when he swings the golf club. Do you think that's an accurate description? Well, that, he must have got me mixed up with Charles Barkley. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> you know, Charles is the one that does that. But I'm not great, but unlike Jay, I don't get to play golf <laughs> every day of the summer and then write a little tweet, yeah. tweet something out and feel about <laughs> why guys should be able to transfer every day. You know, get, get a little shot at Jay because he's a good friend of mine, but I, him and I are in – kind of opposite polar yeah. opposites yeah. on that but uh he gets the golf every day i don't yeah pop it's in fair. say a couple of things about the draft get out there and go play 36 yeah it ain't a fair fight that's that's what he does yeah you got to figure it out but I, I i do appreciate him he's very smart and yeah. he's uh he's been a good friend for a lot of years we just happen to disagree on something that's become very important yeah. in college basketball very well, Coach, Coach, you're the best. Thanks so much you guys, for joining us. You oh, guys were shake. awesome. I know you're a big handshake guy. Let's yeah, you guys, I'm old school like that. You guys were great. I appreciate you having me on. It was actually fun to do it, so it wasn't a chore. And uh, I wish you guys all the luck in the world, too. We'll try to win another championship. You guys do the same in your job. Huh? I love it. Thank you I'll so much, you. Coach. You're hired, by the way, whenever right, you're done man. coaching. All right, man. That's Thanks. awesome, man. You guys take care. Thanks, man. appreciate you a lot. All right, well, that was Coach Tom Izzo joining us on Golf Subpar. What an absolute legend. It was a pleasure to sit down with him up there at the Rocket Mortgage. I mean, talking about Draymond Green, Mateen Cleaves. It was uh, – he, he's had a hell, hell of a squad go through Michigan State. Dude, he's been there for so long, and this is the one thing I've heard from other players in the league, guys who played for him or guys who didn't play with him, may just be on the same team with some Michigan State guys. They're like, no one keeps up with their players 
better. And no, no players love their coach more than like Tom Izzo and Michigan State guys. Like he said, he's going to Draymond's wedding and things like that. I mean, dude, he's, he's that just happened this past weekend, actually. Yeah, that's why guys love going up there to play for this guy. And like I said, man, this dude is Michigan State basketball. Like at the end of the day, there ain't that many of them. We just, you know, Coach K just resigned. Like he's probably the longest tenured guy in college basketball. I'd have to assume he's going to have a statue out front because he built that thing into the monster that it is. Not going to be a huge statue. He's not as big as I thought he was. He's kind of a short fella. He wasn't playing in the post <laughs> a whole lot. But that five-year yeah. deal that he got, I mean, maybe we've reached out to Tom. You know, we're, we're all friends now. Maybe we get a little piece. It's just coincidental yeah. timing on that deal. You know what I'm saying? I love the way, by the way, how competitive he is, how he still shoots free throws before every practice because of a free throw he missed, I believe, back in high school to go yeah. to the state finals. With Marucci, by the way. How about that yeah. little high school in, in small-town Michigan producing those two? Not terrible. But, yeah, can't let the – Man, those those scars, those scabs don't. It takes takes decades for those bad boys mm. to heal. I love it. But that was our last guest from the Rocket Mortgage. I want to thank Rocket Mortgage for having us out. It was awesome. Detroit Golf Club had a blast up there. Hope to do it again next year. Um, really, really cool how they rolled out the red carpet for us. But it's now time, Sleeves, to talk about our boys from FanDuel. Once again, we failed on our favorite bets of the week. Max Homa absolutely shot a million. Justin <laughs> Thomas made a late run, shot sixty six. Trying to get in that top ten, ended up missing by two shots. Just another another L, no big deal. But hey, brush it off. Short memories. We're on to the BMW Championship, a new golf course, by the way. Yeah. Wilmington Country Club. I, I mean, I'm kind of like you. I believe anything anyone says. I got a direct message from a guy on um, on Instagram telling me it's a huge ballpark. The loggers have a huge advantage. I'm like, <laughs> sure, sounds great. Dude. No clue. In his defense, I just dug in on this golf course a little bit, researched it. I don't think he's lying. It's been redone multiple times, but it's it, it can play to 75-34, okay, up there in Delaware, par 71. So it's supposed to got some length. It's supposed to got some rough. It, they're, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see this thing, actually. Yeah. I think it's well, a big this- yard. Then you're going to have some, some dudes just – I think you got a bus driver all over this place. Uh, like I said, this guy, I mean, he's the first person that's reached out to me. And I'm like, okay, cool. I guess I'll take two bombers this week. It's true. But, yeah. but it's time to step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet the tour with a no-sweat first bet. If you don't win, you'll get up to $1,000 back in free bets. You can do head-to-head matchups, top 10s, top 20s, outright winners, whatever you want. There's so many things you can bet on at FanDuel. And if you win, please, what happens? Get your money quick. Let's throw out one quick bonus bet right here, Colt. Uh, Ravens preseason game uh, Sunday. I believe they play I, the cards, but I don't know how I haven't been on this train for forever. Apparently, now they've won 21. I, I'm firing it. I told you and producer Mark right when we left the show last Monday, I said, just to throw it out there, or I believe it was when we were filming our episode with a very special guest. We're not going to spoil it, but I said, I got a little tweet from somebody saying the Ravens had won 20 straight preseason games, broke the Packers record of 19. And they were playing that night. It's now 21 wins. we got the Cardinals coming up. And now that you just told the world, they're probably going to lose. Wouldn't be surprised, but what are you going to do? It's a horse I'm going to ride. Tell you that. That thing's outside the stables. That thing's fucking galloping. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to saddle up. All right. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Let's get to it, Slays. BMW Championship. I'm going with a guy who I took last week as my bet, favorite bet of the week. He shot 66 in the final round. I think things are starting to trend in a nice direction. If you look, a lot of these top guys since the Open Championship have not played very much. They took a nice little three-week three week break off, so you got to knock a little rust off. JT's going off at 16-1. to 1. I'm going to take him as my favorite. Not 
Not a bad pick. Yeah, he tried to he tried to backdoor that top twenty for you a little oh, chip. Top little Chipinski. I should have oh, yeah, took top, top twenty. 10. Yeah, you should have top twenty. The little Chipinski on the uh, seventy second mm-hmm. went bad. All right. Based on your random guy on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, told you this is a bombers course and my brief four minute research on Wilmington Country Club South. I'm going with the best driver in the world. And he's also coming off a of fifth last week. John Rahm going off at 14 to one. I just think this feels like a if it's it's everybody hitting driver over and over on a long golf course with some penalizing rough, I'll take one of the longest and straightest combinations of drivers in the world. I'm going I'm going Johnny Rahm. Haven't taken him in a long time, but I feel like this could be a Rom week. You know, he's he has not been playing John Rom golf. He's slid down the world rankings. I believe he's number eight now in the world, which is not very John Rom like. But I will say that was a sneaky fifth place finish last week. Like he wasn't really talked about, didn't really show him on TV. Nope. I was on the show, the leaderboard, and there his name was on the first page. Yeah, so quite. I, 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 I never hate going against John Rom. I mean, every time we play with him, I'm like, my God, he is so good. It's ridiculous. All right, I'm going to go with another guy who had a great week last week, can absolutely smash it. And he needs to play well if he wants to continue his season. Going off at 55 to 1, my twin, Adam Scott. Yeah, a lot of people confusing you. For him up at the rocket, like, hey, Adam. I'm like, no, no, yep. guys, guys, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Colt, Colt, easy mistake to make. All right, you going with A Scott? Uh, stand with the trend here. I'll give you a guy that can smash it. And if you want some long odds, here they are for you 140 to 1. Stand up, my, 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 uh, my only child and my most. I guess, loved child, Wyndham Clark, okay? Last man in the field at the BMW coming in at 70th. He gave a smooth four shots back in his last five. Looked like he might be on the outside looking in, just greased it in, barely. So he's playing on kind of borrowed time right now. He's got nothing to lose. He needs a huge week to obviously advance to Eastlake and ain't nobody hitting it further than him if he don't want to. The kid smashes it and he's playing good golf right now. So I'm going to go... With my son, it's been a while since I picked him, since he let me down at Colonial, but I'll go Wyndham at 140-1. to He's got to get it to the barn because, I mean, I was lucky enough to my, – my phone actually kept working while we were on the plane on Sunday, and I was able to watch the whole thing. And when we landed, I told you, I was like, uh, your boy about had a disaster. Ended yeah. up sneaking in. At one point, he was in by point one points. Uh, point one. The barn – I've been sending some texts back and forth. I'm speaking of the barn. He gets right to the barn, and the door is open, and he just takes the door just bashes himself in the head with it a few <laughs> times before he walks in. He's right there by the barn. Just go into the barn. So this could be the week. The door's open. Dude, he drives it like a freaking beast. 140 to 1, roll the dice. Shit. And nobody hitting it longer at those odds. All right. Well, make sure you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code SUBPAR to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Go to FanDuel, type in code subpar, thank us later. FanDuel Sportsbook, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Once again, that's promo code subpar. Must be 21 years older and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, New York, New Jersey, New York, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issues as non travel free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Iowa, New Jersey, and Illinois. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369 in New York, or 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Slay's great news, though. Uh, I'm actually in New Jersey, so FanDuel works here. This is great, and I'm going to win and not have to call any of these numbers. Can you fire on the USAM? I don't think so. <laughs> actually, now you say that, I am here to work the US Amateur for Golf Channel. Going to be covering it once match play starts on Wednesday. 
for Golf Channel. It's going to be awesome. Ridgewood Country Club. This place looks like an absolute monster. Also, 7,500 yards. Low round today was first round stroke play was three under par. Um, so it's going to be – Luke Gucheski, son of Scott Gucheski. Mm-hmm. If this kid makes it to match play, this could be very interesting because, as I've told you before, my first ever start as a professional, I played with his father. Scott Gucheski, and now uh, I might be calling damn. golf of his son. Oh my god, I'm like, holy shit, I'm getting old. That hurts. I I heard Travis Vick uh, from the University of Texas. He played the U.S. Open out there. Had a great run. I think he's low am at um, U.S. Open. At Brookline, yeah. U.S. Open. Yeah. Uh, said it was harder to test the golf than Brookline. So that gets the indication. Also, who's out there? Baby Lumpy Carson yep. Harris is out there too. So look for Little Lump, aka the Bulge. I think we start calling him the Bulge. And uh, shout out to him for getting in the field. He shot four over today, so he's going to need a good one tomorrow. But whack for freshman of the year. The guy's got some game. He's actually fourth-generation Heron to play in a USGA event. Really, really that's cool. Wild. First family. That's the first family to ever do that. Also, here's a fun fact. His dad, Lumpy, the man himself, one of the only dudes to ever beat Tiger Woods in a USGA match play competition. Don't him Six and four. So yep. put that on the tombstone when it's all said and done. Yeah, but they're – I think Lump would be like, hey, you can come back and beat me and I'll take half your career. There's no <laughs> or doubt. Or a quarter. Or a Lump quarter. is a very, very reasonable man. Future guest on Subpar, by the way. Yep, and we got a great guest coming up next week, Sleaze. It's getting close. President's Cup is almost here, and we got the captain of the international team, Trevor Immelman, joining us. It is a lot of fun. And he might take a shot at one of our little, good little friends, Mr. Riggs, which is which is always really enjoyable when guys do that. That's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Sub Bar.